And we're going to do a Ptolemy's Unity on the Solidarity with the Ptolemy Network. We're still doing the uh, Complete and Total Abstinence Series. We're going to pick back up on question uh, nine this week. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to the, the guys here for the uh, doing service prayer. You said not the literature prayer. Well, anyway, the, the opening prayer, and then we'll get the broadcast started here. Who's got that? Jared, I'm an addict. Hi, Jared. God, as we endeavor to complete this work, know that you are with us. We know that without strength and inspiration, we are not capable of the task before us. We know that this work is not our work, but yours. Each of us, in our own way, humbly, you to us. Use us as your tools, according to your will. We offer ourselves to you in this way, knowing that you are of God, have all power. In this work and in our lives, thy will be done. Right on, okay, and then we're in the... Uh Speaking it up here with question nine. Uh, Billy, you are directing traffic today. Yeah, where where is it written in our basic text that medicine like antidepressants are okay to use, or where is it written that it's not okay to use medicine? And remember, uh, when we're talking about medicine or, or uh, medication, we defined that last week, and I'm going to define it again. We're talking about mood-changing substance, mind-older chemicals, okay? Uh, we're not talking about diabetes medication or any, you know, um, ibuprofen or, you know, anti-inflammatories in the line of, uh, you know, or a bare aspirin regimen for, for your heart. We're not talking about heart, heart, uh, you know, uh, medication. Where, and I'm talking about uh, for, uh, for your blood pressure. We're talking about moon changing substance, minor chemical when we use these when we use these words. So I just want to define that before we get started here uh, because it brings that word medicine up here again, okay? And um, in our basic text, uh, basically uh, what it does is talk about when it says here, what is it written in our basic text that medicine like antidepressants are okay to use? It does not say they're okay to use. What our basic text talks about is total absence from any mood-changing substance, minor chemical. And the only place it talks about any uh, uh, use of any form of a mood-changing substance, or chemical, is where it talks about in extreme physical pain uh, to inform your doctor. It talks about staying extra in the hospital. It talks about detoxing yourself before you leave, staying away from your drugs of choices. And uh, it, it ta- tells you to talk with your sponsor and inform your doctors. It's the only place it talks about any form of use of, of a mood-changing substance or minor or chemical in the book. Uh, because then it has, uh, where is it written that it's not okay to use medicine? And that's the only form that it talks about, again, with any mood-changing substance, minor or chemical being used, is where it talks about extreme physical pain, being in the hospital, okay? Uh, you know, and uh, what it does talk about in the basic text is the last to return is emotional stability, is what it talks about. It does talk in the gray book, with Roberto probably has some more lines on that in the gray book, 
where it talks about uh, your mental health and stuff like that there. And, uh, but it talks about using the steps for that purpose. It does not explicitly talk in our basic text about mental illness whatsoever, except our mental health, our spiritual health, being, uh, being uh, restored to us after a period of time of applying these principles in our life. But nowhere does it say in the basic text that it's okay to use mental health drugs and be clean. So we'll open this up for a discussion here. Uh, if anyone read anything else in the basic text that I've not uh, cited, please uh, bring it up to us, okay? The table is open, okay? Anyone want to share on this? Are you there, Roberto? Yeah, I, 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 you know what I did? I, I found a few more things in Chapter 1 and so on that, because uh, you know what it is, that when people ask you questions where I live at, and if you quote a great book, they don't understand it, they never heard of it, so I try to have answers for them that are in their own basic text, that you can look at the sixth edition. And, and the questions do say basic text. They don't say gray. So I didn't. I stopped uh, getting the quotes from the gray, and I focused more <clears throat> on the basic text. And what I did was I focused on some of the, uh, on some of the quotes that talked about, um, like, well, for instance, right, who's an addict? It says, as addicts, we are people whose use of any mind-altering, mood-changing substances causes a problem in any area of our life. Addiction is a disease which involves more than simple use of drugs. So, you know, I try to pick quotes like that that kind of show that uh, we're going to have feelings and we're going to have voids and and the use of any drugs is not... It's not good. Uh, the next one on who's an addict is we suffer from a disease which expresses itself. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. That was read last week. Okay. The other check I got is at page two in the old baby blue, you know, the original, I guess. Uh, we're constantly searching for the answer, that person, place, or thing that will make everything all right. We lacked the ability to cope with daily living as our addiction caught up with us, many of us find ourselves getting out of institutions. And then, of course, we know institutions is where they... And these are people clean already. You know, I try to focus on people who come into the program and get clean, and then all of a sudden, like uh, Eric was mentioning last week, you know, you can't live with or without drugs. So, duh, you know, um, there's there's the program to do that. Um, Page three, who's an addict? Although physical and mental tolerance uh, play play a role, many drugs require no extend, extended period of use to trigger allergic reactions. Our reactions is what makes us addicts, not how much we use. And you could put all the medicine that uh, that we've been talking about lately. Uh, chapter two, of course, says this is a program complete abstinence from all drugs. It doesn't specify; it just says all drugs. And drugs is a medication. Drugs can be chemicals. So I think, you know, that word drugs kind of throw people off, you know, they're thinking of the street drugs. Um, in the bottom here of Chapter 2, 
we make use of the tools that have worked for other recovering addicts who have learned to live without drugs and narcotics anonymous. Page six, we don't have to be clean when we get here, but after the first meeting, we suggest newcomers keep coming back clean. And the reason I stuck that in there was because they're not telling you to wean off for months and years. You know, we suggest you come back clean. Um, a lot of people say, oh, let the people use the MATs and all that. Sooner or later, they'll get our message. Well, it doesn't say that here. It doesn't say that anything to suggest that the, cat, the addict keep using. It says that we suggest after the first meeting that you come back clean. So I thought that was interesting that uh, we don't have to give people time to get an overdose. And of course, like Chuz mentioned last week, you know, benzo and alcohol, you know, you might need special detox for that, but you're not coming to a meeting while you're detoxing. You know, you're going to a place of detox and you come to your meeting. So, you know, that still applies, I guess. Phase um, seven, we find out that our, our lives steadily improve. If we maintain abstinence from my mood-altering, mood-changing chemicals and work the 12th step to, to sustain our recovery. So, you know, it, you got to give it time, not overnight. Um, okay, here's a good one, Chapter 3. Um, uh, Baby Blue, of course. Through drugs, we try to avoid uh, reality, pain, and misery. When the war, drugs wore off, we realized we still had the same problems that and they were becoming worse. We sought relief by using again and again more drugs more often. Uh, we sought help and found none. Often doctors didn't understand our dilemma. They tried uh, to help by giving us medication. Um, and you know what? I found one of the three realizations, the bottom one, number three, and uh, why are we here? Um, we can no longer blame people, places, and things for our addiction. We must face our problems and our feelings. Now, I'm going to stop there. So that's a good one, too, because, you know, we got to stop blaming, you know, oh, when I was a kid, this and this happened and all that stuff, you know. I mean, I'm sure there's real-life situations that people go through. Uh, addicts addicts are subject to, uh, from you know, what I've learned, they're subject to a lot of experiences while they're using. You know, we put ourselves in situations that the normal person doesn't, you know, gunshots being shot at, uh, being mugged, being this, being that. And uh, so, you know, we can't blame people, places, and things, which I guess is the things and people could be the people who harmed us for addiction. We must face our problems and our feelings. So, you know, the more I read this book, the more stuff, I mean, you might as well underline the whole damn thing, you know. But uh, next week I'll, more, I'll look more in a gray, but I, I really wanted to search the basic text because that's the – that's the tool I pull out when people in my area ask questions. If I tell them the gray, they're going to say, well, that's not, a, that's not our, our literature. And, you know, and in a way, you know, what they've learned, I can't say nothing to that. So anyway, thank you. Okay, anybody else here on question nine? If not, we'll move on to question 10. No one else has anything, uh, but uh, but we all can conclude that the basic text does not say it's not written uh, in the book anywhere that uh, endorses antidepressants in our basic text. Okay, um, does the NA basic text write something about it? 
that uh, I don't know what that question means. Okay, does anyone know who wrote that question? Is that referring to question nine? Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure. Okay, because it's right after question ten. I mean, after nine. And if it is, we. Huh? I'm just going by memory, but from the board, I believe that that was followed up very quickly right after question nine. So I believe. Yeah, it's right after. So, and the basic section not write anything about it, okay? Yeah. So I mean, I, All I right. think we probably already. So we'll go to question eleven then. If anybody uh, wants to go and uh, remembers where it came from, they can come back next week and talk about it, okay? Uh, and um, I'll, I'll post it on Radio Free. Does anyone know where that question came from? Because that's where it came off of. And what was it referring to? So we can revisit that next week if need be. 11, what about in times of illness? What about in times of illness? Our home group does not use that IP or that booklet now because uh, it was not written by by us, first of all. It was written by professionals. And... Uh, we don't use it in our group, so I cannot even reference what it is. Uh, I, I just know it's uh, it's a booklet that we do not endorse in our home group. Anyone got anything on that one? Um, I got it in my hand, and I tell you what, I I browsed through. I remember when it first came out, and it does have a stamp and a fellowship proof. But I know, you know, I could buy a stamp at Home Depot and and do the same thing, you know? But the way it starts, right, this is the first sentence. I want you guys to listen to this. This thing just cracked me up. In Time of Illness, page one, it says, recovery does not guarantee us freedom from living life on life's terms. (laughs) And who's an addict says, one aspect of addiction was our inability to deal with life on life's terms. So was that saying that, you know, we're, we're hopeless, if recovery can't help us to deal with life on life's term, I know it says guaranteed, but there's certain lines in our in our um, literature that tells us that those, you know, they never seen anybody fail to find a recovery who lives in an NA program and then the other ones about relapse. So there is hope, promise of freedom. And over here is saying, they're saying recovery does not guarantee us freedom and living life on life's terms. So, I don't know, I think that goes against our message a little bit. And that's the first line. So, there you go. They're setting you up uh, about about medication right away. Right there, I, I feel. I mean, I read it like a, like a virgin. You know, I just said, let me see what this says without any thought in my mind. And the first sentence, recovery does not guarantee us freedom for living life on life's terms. I just thought that was wrong. I, I don't know if that's like intentionally set up to be misleading or it sounds weird the way it's written. And it does sound like, I mean, when I look at, and I don't have it in front of me, when I, so when I look, when I hear what's actually written, it, so we don't, it does not guarantee us freedom from living life on life's terms. Um, it sounds to me like it's, it's in a backwards way saying what our basic text already says is that we, we need to learn to live life on life's terms. Uh, but instead it's like, uh, yeah, it's really weird the way it, it does not guarantee us freedom from living life on life's terms. It's still saying we're going to have to live life on life's terms, but it's almost like it's implying there's a way to be 
to be free from that that's not guaranteed. And it's like, if that's the case, you know, well, that's that's opposite of our message. Our message is that we get freedom from active addiction, but we're always going to have to live life on life's terms. Right. It's weird that it would almost imply that there is a freedom from living life on life's terms. Because it's uh, well, who, life on life's terms is what we're all about. Yeah, and who's an addict clearly says one aspect of our addiction was the, the inability to deal life. So that's what the who's an addict tells us. That that's one of the aspects of addiction was the inability to deal with life on life's terms. So where's the promise of freedom when time of illness tells us, well, recovery doesn't guarantee us that, you know, after they tell us that that's our disease. So, you know, it's like a... I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's very, I don't feel hopeful when I read that, in other words, as a newcomer, you know. The, That's all I got. The first thing I think of with uh, in times of illness is, you know, many of the people, you know, this was written by the World Board and stuff. I, I'm not 100% sure on the history of that one. I, I don't know if it started off as a project and then uh, um, was based. I know the one recently supposedly was written completely by them. Uh you got to understand a lot of the people that are on that board are involved in treatment centers. They're involved in making money off of addicts. You know, why would we trust something that people are making money off of? To me, that's just never made any sense. You know, it's just never made any sense to say, well, these people say that's okay. Well, yeah, but they have an agenda. They're making money off of us. So, of course, you know, I mean, they're going to change our message to fit them. You know, that that's the first thing I think of with some of that literature with in times of illness. And, um, well, I know they're writing, they're going out and trying to write uh, new stuff now, you know. And so that's the first thing I think of. Has anyone read the book? Uh, I mean, I've read it when they first come out with it, okay? Uh, and I, our group made a decision that it contradicted our program, basically. It left loopholes in there for use, uses of medication, okay? And uh, we chose that uh, it was not written by us for us. And the original one, we uh, Manchester takes credit for writing, okay, in his resume. Okay, it was written in-house, and, um, you know, I've been uh, studying a lot of history lately and seeing where this started to slip in this whole professionalization. And it actually started back in 84, 85, where the professionalization, and they start putting it in their reports uh, that the literature committee was hiring, which how does the literature committee hire anyone to start with, with professionals? Uh you know, and uh, that was 85 conference agenda with the literature chair, uh, put that in the 85 conference agenda, which I read. And uh, where this starts is professionalization, entering it into Narcotics Anonymous in its literature writing. And this started back in 85. It was actually brought up in the literature committee in 84, uh, but there was no action, and they took action as they got more involved in having uh, people hired in the office as uh, liaisons to the committees. Okay, so the office started to 
take control of the literature at that point in the writing of literature. Uh, Lee Manchester got hired as a writer uh, in the office, and he takes credit for the original one, which I there was controversy when that was started to be written because it didn't come from the fellowship. The addicts didn't uh, call for it. The groups didn't call for it. But the literature committee decided they wanted to put that on their uh, agenda to write about that issue. It did not come from, it came from committee structure, not from group structure. And uh, that I know, okay. And it, it, it developed through the office originally, okay. And Lee Manchester, Jenny Dresme talks about it as being his piece of literature. And uh, it becomes a reflection of, of uh, introducing there's options to do medication for, I mean, for mood change, some chemicals, for issues of mental health and things like that. It leaves the door open, okay, is what it starts doing. And we rejected that. We said it's in our basic text. We'll let that rest with your sponsor with God and your prayer and working through the steps, that we're not here to define that for you. And we stayed away from that as a group. And our group has totally stayed away from that, that we're not equipped to handle mental health issues in the program Narcotics Anonymous. That That's not our purpose. It's not our primary purpose. We just stick with our primary purpose of helping addicts who want to stay clean and go to any length to help them stay clean. You know, and... Uh, so in times of illness, was not acceptable to our home group. And uh, I know over in in the Netherlands right now, they're pointing at the, the groups that are using the, the, the gray book, the baby blues, uh, the literature that we're writing today. They're pointing at them, not that they're using these lists literature, but they're pointing at them and saying they don't use them in times of illness. So they're not part of the program, basically, a, a part of NA. Uh, so... Uh, they're using that booklet against the groups there instead. They're not using it. They're using the baby blue or they're using the gray books or any of the new literature that we're writing if we're input review right now. That That's on our table. What they're attacking about is they don't use in times of illness, and that's coming from NOS. Uh, that's how they're going at, at that avenue in the Netherlands right now. Uh, so uh, this question, what about times of illness? I think that's uh, basically... Uh, each group makes a decision what literature they're using. Our group chose that that, that booklet is not our booklet and it's a profession, written by professionals for us and that we're not going to use any literature that's been used as professional writers. If it isn't written by addicts, for addicts, and gone through from the groups and the group initiated, we're not using it is how our group handled that. So I don't know how other groups have handled it that are on this call, but uh we we took a stance on complete abstinence, total abstinence from any mood change, some minor chemical. We're not equipped to handle mental illness in our program. And if you have mental illness, you need to go deal with that in other places, okay? Uh, we're not equipped for that. That's not our issue here. Our issue is helping people stay clean from active addiction. And it has to come from drug addiction. It's not uh, food addiction or any of these other forms of other forms of addiction out there. We're here to deal, as the book talks about what is addiction, it talks about the getting and using and finding ways to get more and drugs. Food changing submolar chemicals is what we do as addicts. And uh, do, do, do we sometimes come in and, and uh, have to deal with mental stuff? Yes, 
we deal with it through the steps. We deal with it through a spiritual solution. And that's why we rejected that, that book with uh, in times of illness in our group. Uh, if, if you're asking for group, yo Chubbs, I'm an addict. If you're asking for like the group input, uh, our our group has similarly never approved that. Um, we we didn't even. They said when I came in, I I read as a newcomer. I read the. I said I don't know what's been changed and what hasn't. I don't know if the World Board has rewritten one or not. I I, I am aware of the the one that was written by Lee Manchester, which is uh, the one that. Uh, I read when I first came into recovery, and right away, uh, for me, it was a contradiction to what I was being told by the old timers in the area. Uh, I was, and it was in uh, contradiction. Uh, I later discovered to what uh, the the trustees had said on the issue uh, with regard to uh, it, it, with regard to um, the drug replacement therapy. But our group has never even considered that, not because of the content. Uh, just because of the fact that we have, have not approved same thing here we, we just don't approve literature that's not written uh, by the but at the direction of the home groups and with the home groups input uh, through open participation along the way if it's if it's not what meets the definition of NA literature uh, by the traditions we, we don't even uh, take time to to uh, consider it and and what I mean by that is you know, a lot of people kind of get angry when they hear that well this says na and and the the service structure and on and on and on we apply the same thing to the written literature that we apply to to, to the spoken message we, we don't pay professionals to come in and speak in our meetings why is our literature any different uh with regard to the traditions and non-professionalism so uh, i don't know anything about the new one or who who wrote it or or how new it is but uh we've never considered it uh, simply for the same reason you stated there, Bill. You're right. They updated it in the 2000s somewhere, okay? After that, uh, you know, uh, and it's a booklet now. It's no longer a VIP. It's an actual booklet. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, last time I even dealt with it was an IP. Uh, and it, it depends on the area that I'm in. I, I, as I've been around the country, I, I know there are some areas that, that take that thing as, very serious and gospel truth, and then I've been in other places that pretty much consider it to be a joke, and, and it, it almost doesn't exist at all. Uh, very few people are aware of its existence, even just because nobody took it serious from the giddy up. I got the booklet in my hand. I got the booklet in my hand, and uh, this one says, and a fellowship approved. There's another one called group and medication, and that one is written by the service. That's service literature. It's blue and white. Uh, so this one says NA fellowship approved. So I don't know. I mean, either way, like Bill said, you know, they come up with it. This one might have some information that maybe some people may consider good, but it didn't come from us. The same thing with the IPs that the office writes now. Okay. You know, some people tell me, oh, it has good information. I say, yeah, but it didn't come from us. The Bible has good information too, but it didn't come from us. You know, and that's the whole point, that it's not representative of NA. These, these are things these people are doing. And although this one has some good stuff, it, I, I got the book, and I read through it, uh, the illness. The other one's group and medication, where they talk about methadone there, and they talk about DRT. 
like Chubbs was saying, and they, they almost say that if you use it for pain, like like methadone, you, you could use for pain, but not it's not considered using if you're using it for pain. I have to look for that one. I have to look for that one. But these two books were used against us. And if uh, the guys from Holland, when we were in Greenland Lake, we, had a, we lost a meeting to some people who were chairing it, who were AA people, but they were NA members. And when we found out about DRT, and this was in 2000, and Jesus Christ, I, I, it had to be eight or seven or nine. Uh, they brought these booklets up to us, and they say, you see, it says it's up to the group. And, uh, and even this one says, clean time is an issue for each to resolve individually with our sponsor and a higher power. I don't think I believe that too much. I believe, yeah, issue of using medication is up to you, your higher power, but clean time is an issue for each, and then I'm quoting, clean time is an issue for each of us to resolve individually with our sponsor and a higher power. So if you're telling me your sponsor says you're clean, your, your, your cloudy conscience contact when you're on drugs, of course, you know, because we all know when you're under the influence, I know for a fact when I was under the influence of drugs when I had my, my lung operation that I didn't have a conscious contact with God. And I, and I share that sometimes. Sometimes I share that. So, you know, how can your sponsor say it's okay for you to use this? Because... You know, this is okay. So that means everyone has their own definition of clean time. This is what this book is saying. Clean time is an issue for each of us to resolve individually with our sponsor and a higher power. You know, that clearly is telling me that if I think I'm clean, I'm clean. So although some of this information, it's like I think Chuck said in one of his podcasts, that there's a thousand lies cloaked in one truth. You know, and I, and I remember him saying that in, in, in the podcast, and it's so true. They might have one truth in there, but then they stick a bunch of lies in there and allows people. But I think the medication and group is probably the worst one, group and medication, and that was a service uh, booklet. I think that's even worse because that goes into DRT and it goes into um, methadone uh, that you can use it for uh, uh, pain, and, not, and you're not using it if you're using it for pain and not a DRT. Which that's going to be a big argument too. And what uh, group and medications? Group and medications. The group. Oh, that's the one they're writing right now. No, that's old. That that's 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 in the two thousand. That's a blue and white service pamphlet. I can't find it in my oh, library. Another service. Another one written by the board. Exactly, but that one says World Service Conference. No, it says Service right. Conference approved. It's blue and white. There's a couple of them going around, uh, behaviors and stuff like that. That's, you know, what to do if, 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 if your meeting's disrupted. It's a bunch of blue and white service uh, booklets written by service that were written in the 2000s, and, and group of medication is one of them. I'll try to have it next week. Uh, wow. Somewhere in my, in my dirt. I got dirty archives, and I got clean archives. So I got to look at my dirty archives. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, I, I need to know about that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I looked up the, yeah. the in times of illness online right now, and the the current one, at least according to this, it says they redid it in 2010. So that's right. I knew it was in the 2000s. So that was board. Yeah. That was a board. That was a board written booklet. Right, because they had no literature committee anymore. Is written by the board of directors, yeah. and with the help of the professional writers, 
uh, hired through the office that uh, find, uh, went back over it and re rewrote wrote it professionally then. Mm. But that I do remember that book with, okay, uh, because I was getting involved in going to the Merwickman and stuff like that then, back then on, uh, you know, passing out baby blues and stuff at, at you know, wherever the board was going, I was going and showing up and uh, handing baby blues out and in front of them and even actually handing them to them, okay? So um, I was starting to get involved at that level of getting our information out, getting what we're doing out, putting the fellowship service conference flyers out, and, uh, you know, getting any information that we were involved in writing of total abstinence because that's the uh, – when we wrote, we were not doctors back then, okay? Our home group did. And we were getting that out. And uh, basically as a counter, a, a counter to this crap that we can write literature – under our philosophy, that uh, we don't need crap out like this here. It was bad enough when they when they wrote the original in Times of Illness, and now they were updating it into a booklet, and uh, that they, it was very a very subtle booklet. It was, uh, I mean, if you read it, you you know uh, you don't even realize that uh, on what it's saying. You have to reread it and reread it because it's subtly written. And it basically opens the door to use of blue chain submolar chemicals and define yourself as being queen, as Roberta was talking about this this uh, service pamphlet there, uh, defining yeah, yourself as being queen and mm -hmm. resonant with your sponsor, your God, and yourself if you're queen or not. You know, um, you know, and uh, it's easy to justify and rationalize any sort of nonsense. And that's in the basic text, okay? It's easy to get a sponsor that really is not a sponsor and that, that endorses this behavior. It's easy to get a sponsor that's on medication to endorse your use of medication, okay? So, uh, and that's what I'm finding out a lot of people do. They'll find a, a sponsor that's actually on uh, different forms of mood change, some other chemical to endorse their own usage, and uh, so we don't use that booklet. As simple as that. It's, it has no business in our in our rooms, and we don't have it in our rooms because of the way it was written, and because of the doors that it opens up and goes totally against the basic text. It contradicts the basic text on our philosophy of total abstinence uh, from any mood changing submolecular chemical. And uh, are we going to stick with the basic text? and the philosophy in the basic text, uh, we're going to start altering it and, and open doors where it starts bringing outside issues into our rooms is what we voted on, okay? And we voted, we'll stick with the basic text philosophies and it's not written by us, for us, not initiated by groups. We don't want to be involved with it. It's just like bringing other, anybody else's outside literature into our room. We're not bringing it in, okay? You know, simple facts. Not saying you won't, you don't have it in your home or anything like that. Your home ain't, ain't Narcotics Anonymous, but in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, it's not going to be on our tables. You know, it's how we dealt with yeah. it, and we continue to deal with it that way. Okay, so uh, we're not going to open the door for that to come into our doors. And when it says, "What about it in times of illness?" I think that's the only thing. We're not going to endorse that book. We're not going to say, "I think that book itself opens the doors." Yes for use of medication, they'll move change some chemicals in our rooms, but it also contradicts our program. 
and it's not written by us for us, so uh, we don't use it in our rooms. But every group got to come to a decision, you know, uh, on what uh, their philosophy is, and if their philosophy are they narcotics dominance or not, okay, is what it comes down to. Hmm. I, I got a question. I'm not familiar with that book. When they're talking about the methadone for pain, are they then acknowledging the methadone as a DRT is not clean time? If there's that's uh, it's just because it seems to me that that uh, booklet from the very beginning. I guess we're talking about a different one now, uh, a little blue one. But so yeah, because from the beginning they're they're saying that uh, we don't take a position on DRT uh, in the original time of illness, and now they're talking. And I don't know why they single that out. Chapter 10 deals, maybe it's that people don't know methadone was never developed as a, as a drug replacement therapy. That's not what it was even intended for. It was a pain medication. That's all covered in Chapter 10. So by, by bringing that up, is it, are, are they then saying, are they admitting then that in that other booklet that, that using methadone as a drug replacement is not clean time or is it just kind of double talk? I'm not following there. Well, this book I have, right, world, is World Board Approved. It's a blue and white, and it was written in 2007 by the NA World Services, and it's directed to the groups. It's called NA Groups and Medication, and they talk about DRT, and they talk about the mental medication also, you know, and, and it's kind of it, telling you that it's up to the group whether they want them to consider it clean or not. But it's also saying they also take a side and say that that they shouldn't be doing uh, certain uh, service in certain levels if they're under the influence of this drug. But then they summarize it by saying it's up to the group. But they do mention the methadone and they mention uh, mental medication, uh, drug replacement. They give, they give you the I could I don't I don't I don't you know I know Bill doesn't want to see this, but maybe I can send it to Bill. And and whoever wants to see, because we need stuff to uh, defend. I hate to use that word, but that's what's happening in Holland. And I think the reason they didn't use this was because they can clearly say, see it's world board approved, and Holland can argue that. You know, Holland can say, well, that's not like the time of illness says NA fellowship approved. And this one, it's more. This one is more like leaning toward DRT and mental medication, the time of illness don't mention that. They don't mention DRT. They're talking strictly about pain medication. But, of course, now it's all mixed up. They're using all kind of stuff for pain, you know. Uh, we had a girl in, in one of the meetings say that she's using Suboxone for, for, for pain not, and not for using. You know, so, yeah, okay, right. So I, I, I'm going to post this, um, I don't know if, I don't know. It's up to Bill. I mean, you know, we don't want to poison our members. I'll email it, to, email it to me, okay? I'll email it to Bill, and then, you know, whoever wants a copy, because we're going to need this, because this is what's going to come next. Somebody's going to come up to us, being that the board is writing stuff already, and this is board approved. It says World Service Board Approved, 2007, that we can actually say, I know what's in there, you know, and, and maybe – um you know, uh, defend our message in some way, you know? Well, and one thing I've noticed with uh, studying our history and stuff, a lot of times they put out these world board approved things, and a lot of times their exact words are in the next, uh, you know, 
the tell, they call it fellowship approved, but you know, it, it seems like you can prove that they have an agenda just by going by their, their own literature, you know? Um, and I'm looking at this, I'm actually looking at the one you're talking about and it's, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all, it's, yeah, it's just, all over just, the place. It's uh, the last oh, thing. I just emailed it to Bill. Yeah. Okay. It, thank you. It's, yeah. it's why you have to read the, the board minutes. Okay. Uh, and, and things like that to see if where if there's an agenda because in 2012 October you could see their agenda was to serve Hazleton. Hazleton has changed to a DRT facility and we need to adapt. Uh, okay, and they were talking about that there in their board minutes. Okay, so they were focusing on an outside issue and as uh, the which is the rehabilitation field is changed their philosophy totally that they are now a DRT, MAT type facility now, and we need to adapt and we need to find, and if you keep going through their minutes and constantly look through the board minutes, you'll find out they're talking about issues like we need to find DRT friendly meetings, MAT friendly meetings, okay? Uh, so we can send these to the rehabilitation centers where they can send their clients. So who are, who are they serving? What's the agenda they're pushing? And they're pushing this whole agenda right now with writing the IPs, okay, on like that board approved IP, okay, basically. They they want the they want to deceive the fellowship that they're gonna write IPs on these issues now. So this is being set up from originally from in times of illness in the early nineties, okay, to this year whole transformation process and it's a it's a subtle change and that's where you get into the times of illness, okay, the subtle changes to 2010 where you go to a total booklet opening the doors, okay. Uh, you know, and what happens when NA changes its philosophy, I believe we learn from history. And if you go back, we just had it up on Radio Free we are talking about uh, where I posted the Washingtonian movement stuff up and why, what happened to them had nothing to do with them uh, being narcotics anonymous or anything, but it was a movement, and it was a movement that was uh, 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 dealing with supposedly just alcohol, okay, and they got into all sort of different things, and they got involved with the government, they got involved with the, with the probation officers and everything back then. Uh, they got involved with that type of uh, issues they shouldn't have, and they they died overnight from 600,000 members to nobody that's how fast they died over over bringing outside issues changing their philosophy and uh they didn't have traditions at that point in time that didn't happen till uh you know to uh AA formed and uh Bill Wilson wrote up uh an excerpt on the 10th tradition on why we we avoid these type of they avoid them type of issues because of the, what, it, what the damage it does to them. So uh, we have to be very aware of them things. And this is one of them issues in times of illness is one of them issues. We have to be a, very aware, does it change our philosophy? Does it open the door to change our philosophy? And then are we actually keeping our primary purpose of helping the suffering addict afford them? Are we violating other principles within our traditions, which we just did an in-depth uh, podcast through that? Where after this podcast is over, we'll be getting the pod, you know, the podcast on 
Tradition 12, which we went through a lot of issues about these type of things throughout our our our, our tradition discussions, podcast roundtable discussions that people maybe should go back over and listen to them all and uh, to understand that all these here issues concern with our traditions here and our mm-hmm. primary purpose. What are we doing? How are we carrying out our message? What is our message? And if it's a message in print, is it really reflecting us? And I would say in times of illness and this but this IP, whatever you're talking about, booklet, does not reflect our message of Narcotics Anonymous. I don't care what approval they put on them, whether they put fellowship approved or not, because of the, the debating process at the conference that happens and the changing of votes that happens there is ridiculous at times, that it's truly not the philosophy. You could have voted down this booklet, but yet it got approved at the conference, Okay. And that happens many of times. It's not a direct vote like we do at the Fellowship Service Conference where it's it's not open for debate. It's open for a straight vote. We may discuss what's in it and stuff, uh, you know, to get in. The, but it, the votes are taken. There's no discussion on them issues. It's, it's, the discussions are if you abstained and what's the reason you abstained, okay? Uh, what's the uh, what's the reason you're voting no? So we understand because it's going back out for another year, and then the time gets open in open form to discuss them reasons. Okay, you discuss it with the group that brought them proposals for it. Okay, in that motion, that if there needs to be a change in it, they can get input or put it back in for next year again. And that's the only discussion that happens on them issues. Uh, the way we operate. Uh, the way they operate, they change the motion on the conference floor. They actually change the intent on it, and they vote on it again. And then you end up with this thing that uh, groups actually voted down. You know, and that's why we're not going to uphold that type of stuff being even called fellowship approved anymore. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bill. No, I just wanted to let you, you know, uh, I pause there for a second and I have no more thoughts on it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, and the way this time delay works on the conference call, sometimes it sounds like someone's done and they're not. So I, I thought I, I was stepping right. on you there. But Roberto did bring up a very good point. And so how do we keep up with, with all this literature and everything that NAS puts out? And uh, it, it's, a, it's a question that each group is going to have to address. The simple truth is we believe in group conscience. In a way, what they wrote is this is up to each group, but each group needs to have the accurate information about what our message is uh, to begin with because that's the only place there's any authority is the home group level, and that's why it's so important that, uh, that, that, that all information is out there for the groups to consider, and, and even what real group conscience is. I, you know, the question comes to my mind is, can we keep up with everything they put out? And, and I, Bill kind of got into it there. I think it's um, maybe the best way, and, and not just this issue, issue to come, I, I don't even like the word combat, but to, uh, even offer a rebuttal to when Nas puts out things and they say their fellowship approved is to help people understand our history in this process and and we never truly did have in uh, at at the the in the mainstream structure even when it was more in line with the traditions this idea of direct uh, group voting for literature where it's one group one vote. Uh, but if you understand the history and, and can show people what's going on, so the way 
and, and a lot of our people don't know. When Nas puts out something now and they just write it, the way they get around even needing to have that approved at the conference is they call it service material. That's why that, that one pamphlet is, is for the groups and not a, 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 an IP. And what they'll do is a, uh, it was already alluded to. The, I think Eric said that uh, the way they put it in, in the way Nas wrote it, when it becomes fellowship approved, will have the exact same wording. So what they do is they put this stuff out to the groups without the groups asking for it, without the groups even voting on it. And they say, we're writing this. We don't need your approval. And they put it out. And then by the time they they actually are bringing something to a vote is so ingrained in the fellowship's consciousness because it's been presented as this is what NA is, uh, even though they've gotten around, they, they've created this loophole in their own system. Bill brought up, uh, it, it, we need to know the way this voting process works because it's it's no longer an idea of even when they watered, we've, we've always watered down this vote to the group and into the region, but now through the concepts they have the ability to change these votes at every level and i'll tell you the area where where my group is at uh, we don't participate in but that we communicate with when this traditions book came out that area every group uh, in the area that we were in either voted no or abstained uh and we had they're called right now because they changed the names on them but but the, 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 the rep that takes the area vote to region came to me and was, was upset because there were so many abstentions and took it as these groups being lazy. And I said, no, that, that's these groups saying we haven't been given time to even read this book. How can we vote on it? Uh, and it's a very good thing. And, and she asked me, well, well, how do I vote? I said, well, if you want to follow the traditions, you take, you take back the, the area's vote and you – you tell them that we abstain because most of the groups actually did abstain. The rest voted no. So if you want to follow the concepts, then you take that under advisement and decide. Well, she decided to follow the concepts, so that area's group, uh, uh, conscience did not even get followed at the region level, uh, let alone it could have been changed again at the world level, and I'm sure would have been uh, had the region. Mm-hmm. But but you look at the way these things happen and – and a lot of people don't want to even believe this process that things are changed. I, I think a very good question that pokes to people when when they're saying, "Well, no, this literature is approved." Uh, one thing that's fresh in many people's mind, uh, and a lot of people were were active in NA when this happened. I know this is kind of long-winded, but but is to simply ask them, uh, "Did your group, when when that when that traditions book was approved a couple of years ago, two three years ago, whatever it is now?" Did your group read that book? Did your group uh, vote on that that book? The information you got, did you feel like it was you, you had ample time and information? And, and I'll tell you the experience a lot of groups had when they went online to read the book in the month, I think it was four weeks they were given to read it. It wasn't even available for a period of time uh, uh, for the download. So you, you couldn't even review the information. And, and so when you got these stamps that say fellowship approved, it's, it's very easy to take somebody who's familiar with our recent history and say, that was fellowship. Tell me how your group approved that. How 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 was your group given time and, and information to review the uh, the the material in that book? Uh, and most people should be able to see right away that that they either approved something that they hadn't read and weren't familiar with, or something got approved without them even knowing. Um, and, and yeah, I know I'm being long-winded, but I. If we try to keep, I'm not saying we shouldn't, 
But if we try to keep up with every single piece of literature on any topic that, that Nas puts out, um, do we end up losing our focus on, on carrying the message to the still suffering addict? Whereas if we can educate somebody to the history or, or even just show them the way things work now and, and, and ask them, is this truly fellowship approved? Did your group really approve this? It, it might be a better starting point because when you, when you look at a piece of literature uh, that gets approved at the fellowship service conference, every group knows exactly what it is. They know if they voted for it. And I know some of the pieces of literature groups have even been very careful to, to avoid the word fellowship approved in, in the proposals that are brought to the conference, just for the fact that, that they don't want to be disrespectful of the groups that, that, that maybe did vote. No, uh, it, because we have the uh, 80% on the second year and beyond. Uh, they want to be respectful of those groups and, and not, not say that we get to decide what's conference approved for every home group. Uh, and it's a very different process, and, and hopefully that can even open people's minds to coming and participating in this conference where group conscience is truly heard. And I don't know, I don't know if that's clear, if I, I've been very long-winded, but I, I think it's very important that we understand our history and that, that we understand how these concepts have changed our traditions and what fellowship approved used to mean and, and what it means now. Uh, and, and, yeah, that, that definition changed with the implementation of the concepts. That's not something that happened in the early 2000s or, or even a few years ago. That's something that goes back to the 90s when, when the concepts were implemented, uh, again, without a, a true vote of the groups. So have we exhausted everything on what's about in times of illness then? If so, I want to move on to 12 and 13 together. And why I'm going to put them together because the first question is what do I, what should I do or not do when I found out that my medicine, my mind, or mood altering substance? Thirteen is does NA tell me to stop immediately or how does that work? So them two questions basically I think are the same. Okay, I mean not the same but the continuation of the first question into the second. Uh, what should I do when I found out that my medicine is mind or mood altering substance? Uh, you know, and that's assuming that someone got put on medication and didn't know the effects of it, okay? All right. Uh, the first thing I would do is I go over it with my sponsor. I go over it with my, with, with my doctor and talk to my doctor. What else can you, uh, you know, if you're treating me for something, what do you have that's not mood-changing or mind-altering, okay? All right. Uh, and I want to know the effects of the withdrawal and how long it's going to take me to withdraw. Okay, I'd want to inform my doctor that I don't want to be on this, and I'd like you to uh, switch the medications. And if I got to be withdrawn off what you have me on, what's the process of being withdrawn? And I'd be right up front with my sponsor on that. Okay, and talk with my sponsor how to withdraw. Okay, uh, because I mean. I, I think the best way to alleviate that is learn to follow what the basic text talks about informing your doctor of your addiction to start with, okay? But if, if uh, there is some people in the fellowship I know are withdrawn right now off medications that the doctors have put them on and they didn't even know uh, what the effects of the medications were that they were put on because they trusted their doctors, okay? Uh, and... Uh, they trusted their doctors wouldn't put them on something that was mood-changing, mind-altering. 
and now they're withdrawing off of it, and they're 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 scared. They're uh, some some are on a fast pace, others are on a slow pace. Okay, out of fear, and uh, I just encourage them. Personally, I encourage them to keep working on it, get you know working their way off this stuff, and when they get off of it, okay, uh, you know, and then they can discuss that after you know the other issues because they have other questions. What about my queen time? We'll discuss that after you're off the stuff, okay? All right, we're not going to discuss that while you're withdrawing, okay? Uh, we'll discuss that afterwards, and we'll talk about the intents and stuff like that there. And that will rest with them at that point of time. We'll talk more about it, okay? Uh, you know, and they'll make that decision, you know, about their clean time or not at that point. Uh, you know, most people that I've seen, okay, uh, very few of them keep the clean time, okay, if they've been on this stuff for any length of time. A short period of time, uh, most of them keep that clean time, okay, because they, they didn't know it. And it it's not like they willfully went out and used and stuff like that, okay. So it, it rests with them. It, it doesn't, uh, it's not something I'm going to make the decisions for them. I don't make decisions for anyone in any aspects of their program. Uh, they have to make the decisions on how they're going to uh, apply these principles in their life. But uh, when I looked at these questions, and I'm looking at that there, I'm not here to give advice. I'm here to share experience, strength, and hopes in that area. And what should I do or not do when I found out that my medicine and mine are mood-altering? I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you talk with your sponsor, talk with your doctor, and uh, find out what other alternatives there are for you. And, and clear that up in your own mind, okay? But to understand that total abstinence is from any mood change, some minor chemical, it rests with 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 uh, you know with us in that sense of what we call queen time. And if you're uncomfortable with that, let's talk about how we're going to work through it. You know, uh, let's find a solution for you. Because I know there's some people on the pro in the program that are wrestling with this right now. Okay, and I'm not talking about in the other meetings. I'm talking about in some of our meetings. Okay where I know I've talked with members that are, are wrestling with this, and most of them are withdrawn. Well, all of them that i talked with have withdrawn. One is withdrawn and is coming up on a year clean now today, okay? Changed his clean date. You know, and, uh, he's, he'll be celebrating a year. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's like an exciting time, okay? And he still works through the emotional issues and stuff, you know, and... Uh, you know, but he's he's clean and he's uh, changed his clean date and he's going to be celebrating a year very shortly. You know, so um, you know that that comes to conscious awareness of what's going on with your life is the way I look at it. Okay, and if if anybody has any difficult, let's find a support system for them that they can tap into because they're going to need a whole support system. Let's develop a support system instead. Now, I know some of the groups are dealing with this right now that are in our in our service structure right now that are dealing with this stuff with people coming in the rooms. And, uh, you know, we, we deal with it when they're coming out of rehabilitation centers now. We had one guy just celebrated 17 years, and he said he was so grateful when he walked in, into our meeting 17 years ago uh, that he got off the shit, okay, that the rehab had him on. You know, and... Uh, he started his clean date from the day he got off of it. You know, and he celebrated 17 years this January with us. You know, he just had returned to, as a group member to us. 
So it was neat having that happen. So anybody else got experience dealing with these two questions? Really quickly, I just want to, and again, maybe this is a bad thing, but I just want to encourage other people on the line here. I, I know past weeks here we've. Uh, can you talk up louder? I can barely hear you, Jubs. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, hold on. Is this any better here? Are you able to hear me better, Bill? Yeah, yeah. Now I can hear you a lot better. Okay, I just wanted to encourage those who are on on the line here to to speak up, and again. I, maybe it's where the conversation is supposed to be going. I don't know. Uh, but I know in past weeks we have discussed uh, there comes a point where it's like, hey, uh, uh, Chubbs, Bill, and, and Roberto are, are the only ones speaking up here. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think we kind of unintentionally dominate the time. Uh, I don't want to speak for anybody else. Let me say I think I sometimes unintentionally dominate the time. Uh, I, I want to encourage the other people on the line here to speak up. Um, and even if there's questions or to say, hey, well, I disagree with this or this, the intent of this whole podcast is to get information out there that is not out there. There's there's things that uh, I don't want to personally agree with, but but they're they're right and they're true about our history. And this voice needs to be heard. And again, it's not up to me uh, what it, it's up to group conscience. And, and a lot of my opinions are slowly changed anyway. But I, I really think it's important that we have the other people on the line uh, speak up. Yeah, and, and, again, I do. I want to hear from Bill, and I want to hear from Roberto, but I want to hear from other people, too, here, because I, I know there's there's valuable input out there. Uh, again, I, I just want to encourage the other people on the line to speak up here. I don't want this to be something that, that uh, just a few of us are, are, are you know, having our voices heard. I'm going to have a call, Kim. Hi, Kim. Hey, Kim. Uh, I, I, I don't have any, you know, personal experience with that issue, but I know in, in my home group a few months ago, we had we had this uh, addict coming to us who was on uh, on the mental mental issue meds. Uh, and we, we didn't tell this person, you know, to stop or to... We just let, let her know that we're a program of complete abstinence from all drugs. Uh, but uh, even still in the meeting, she like shared that, yeah, apparently the group says I, I must stop, take my medicine. And, but uh, in, it, it was really between her and her sponsor and, you know, and the doctor. We haven't, we haven't told her anything as a group, you know. We have just said that we're a program of complete abstinence, but uh, yeah, she, she stopped going to our meeting because of that, so. Uh, what's the experience I had on this question? Well, I can just say one of the members from uh, Sweden just posted, okay, on Radio Free. It says, having a great podcast, guys. Oh, have a great podcast, guys. We talked about total abstinence at our recovery meeting today. How come our cornerstone is a, is a subject for revision? We'll stand firm on the cornerstone on which we have built our lives upon. If you ask me, it's a result of influence from treatment industry and apathy of members. 
Well, that comes from Kim's home group, okay? Yeah, at, at our group, uh, you know, we've we've had some things over the years, and uh, you know, we've at our group conference recently, you know, um, we've talked about complete abstinence a lot more, and uh, you know, we've just made it very clear what complete abstinence is. You know, um, we already had um, a conscience before that we were going to stand on complete abstinence no matter what. Um, and, uh, you know, addicts are informed when they ask if they can be a home group member, they're informed these are the non-negotiable things that we've already conscienced before, and these things will not change, you know, and uh, we we stand on that. However, I think that a lot of people, um, they have to come to their own understanding of what complete abstinence actually means. You know, and that's where, you know, having talking about it openly during meetings, talking about it, you know, because we study the gray book, it comes up quite a bit. And that's where we had some people that had some issues with uh, the mental illness, you know, drugs and stuff. And they're like, well, you know, they didn't necessarily agree with that. Um, but that, you know, we didn't, uh, we, we just, and said, well, this is uh, let, let's continue to talk about this. You know, I encourage them to come on the podcast. Uh, um, encourage them to ask questions. Encourage them to to get an understanding. You know, and uh, um, you know, it's there's obviously over time we're going to have to um, do things differently, and, and that's obvious. Um, but so right now we're we're growing and we're learning and we're coming together with that understanding and uh, you know it, it's taken that time you know like a lot of people have said you know to give people the opportunity to uh, to come to that understanding on their own you know give them the opportunity to figure out you know uh, what complete abstinence actually is and uh, you know it's so I, I think that everything that's been shared you know it, it's uh, you know, we're not trying to force anything on anybody. We're not trying to, you know, this is our message. And, this, you know, either you get honest with yourself or you don't, you know. Um, I don't know. That's, that's all I got. Dan, at it. Hi, Dan. Hi, uh, Dan. Uh, personally, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the belief of, of what was uh, just read from the post on Radio Free, I, I don't quite understand um, I don't quite understand how coming to your own realization of what complete abstinence is. I mean, I, I, I don't see how it can be uh, a variation or a version of what's written in the text, like it clearly states in the basic text what complete abstinence is. Like it's not, it's not something we can revise and change. It, it, it's black and white what it is, and NA cannot be, NA cannot be all things to all people. Like 
you're a member when you say you are, but I feel that by saying I'm a member, I'm also agreeing to, okay, I'm accepting that this is what I have to do to be a member. I, I, I have to be completely abstinent if I want this program to work for me. I don't really, I don't see how there's any other variation or version to the black and white text. That's all I got. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, thank you, brother. And uh, I, I just wanted to clarify something for somebody. Uh, I agree with what you said there, brother. That how uh, in studying the traditions, um, and it's not something I'll get deep into right now, but it became clear to me through what writings of, of our predecessors who dealt with this before us that uh, the the only thing that really can affect the fellowship as a whole is is that the de- definition of of for us clean time for what they call sobriety uh, does not change and, and is not malleable but uh, there's a lot of things that have come from maybe Nas over the years um, and it is true that you're a member when you say you are but the requirement in our traditions is uh, that uh, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using um, so I can say I'm a member but I, I, I'm not really a member until I have a desire to stop using. That doesn't mean I have to be totally absent at the time I become a member, but it does mean that I need to have, have that desire to stop using it and to actually want what this program uh, has to offer. So in a sense, we are a member when we say we are, but, but because who, who can judge that but you? But, but I just want to be clear for people, the requirement for membership is, is, is a desire to stop using here. And that gets back to, to what my my brother just said there is uh, how how else do we judge that than by, by what the people who who wrote the literature for this program and, and founded this program defined that as. Yeah, I, I sorry, I agree with that. No, no, that's not a that's not a criticism of anything you said. I just want to clarify for for any newcomers out there uh, that uh, yeah, and there is yeah, a difference between service in our fellowship and membership, uh, and that that's part of the reason why why services are not part of NA um, because there is no caste system, there is no class structure, and and there may be certain uh, service positions you're not allowed to hold without a certain amount of clean time. Uh, and and uh, they can't be part of NA uh, Narcotics Anonymous. You're you're fully a member when you have a desire to stop using, uh, but but you can serve in certain capacities when you have stopped using. Correct. And, and, and yes, I, I should have worded that differently. Yeah. I, no, brother, there, there is no no. There's not honestly, it's not a criticism anything you did, or or you should have. I, I just wanted to clarify for anybody who's new to this or who's been kind of misled over the years by what Nas says is membership. And I guess, you know, it, 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 um, I guess basically the point that I was trying to get at, yes, I, you remember when you say you are and you don't have to be clean when you make that admission, but to be able to actually start to recover, to be able to get to that point, I have to first be abstinent. And abstinence is clearly defined in the basic text. So if I want, if I want to make that decision to live NA and work this program, then I have to first 
be abstinent. Yes, I can be a member, but there's some responsibilities that I must accept to be able to grow, to be able to begin to recover. I guess is is the point that I was trying to make. Yeah, I I, I, I think your point was well made. Okay, can we? We have anything on the two on the two questions at this point. Uh, the, the, the two questions were: What should I do or not do when I found out that my medicine is mine or moved altering substance? Uh, that was twelve thirteen. Does NA tell me to stop immediately, or how does that work? They were the two questions we were talking about, and before we drifted into other areas. So, is there anybody got anything on them two questions? If not, we're going to move on to question 14 uh, and 15. Uh, can I have a sponsor and or can I do step work with my sponsor if I'm still on mind or mood altering substances? And 15 is what is the possible alternatives? All right. I can tell you uh, from experience being a sponsor, uh, trying to sponsor someone on mood-changing subject moment chemicals, we never got beyond the first step to they surrendered that they, they they had a disease. I could not move them on to the second or third step uh, because they were on, their, their conscience was not aware of their, their, their actual addiction. All right, so that was a very difficult thing. What's the alternative? There is no alternative. There's surrender. There's acceptance. I have a disease of addiction, and mood, and what I'm I'm powerless over is any mood changing substance or chemical, and I'm also powerless over the second part uh, is the addiction as well. Okay, so there's two parts in the first step. There's a part of the of the drugs that's the mood changing substance or chemical that I'm powerless over. I see the results. What is done to my my life? The second part is you know what the disease is done with my thinking process and my feeling process. What triggers it? And uh, I've never been able to get through with anyone that's been a mood change substance or chemical to get beyond the first part of the first step, even because they don't see they don't see that it's a problem. So how are we going to move forward in the steps? And uh, as personal sponsorship. Um, I try to help people lead them to the point so they can see the powerlessnesses and, and want to give up that mood change, something my own chemical, before we can move on to a second step and believe there's a greater power that can restore us to a state to sanity. And the defined third step is turning our will and life over to the care of God. If we're turning it over to the care of drugs, uh, how are we ever going to get to turning it over to the care of God when we're turning it over to the care of drugs? You know, and that's been the dilemma that I've seen in working, trying to work with somebody in the step process. That's been on mood changing uh, substances, minor chemicals. It's been a very difficult. Uh, you know, I tried to work with uh, people that are mental health people in the past. It's never worked out. That they, they totally surrendered and got help. Um, you know, and I'm not. I don't deny them that I will not try to work with them, but guess what? It's, it hasn't worked out for me with them. So how do you deal with it? How do you move forward? Uh, I know there's some dilemma of people wanting to work 
And and my whole thing is getting them to see that they have a disease of addiction, what the disease is doing, and to give up the, the mood-changing or chemicals to move forward. You know, I've not been able to find a success uh, trying to work with them otherwise to they get through that part. So that's the only thing I can say on that, okay? Anybody got anything on that area? Anybody at all? Yeah, the only thing that springs to my mind is, is... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I, I, just, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I agree with you, what you say there, Bill, about... You know, I, I, me personally, I need to rely, you know, on the steps, on the program, on God, and not on the drugs. That was, you know, the first step. But I think it says somewhere in our basic text that, first of all, we need to get clean. Um, I don't, I don't have a book in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it's in. I think it's in chapter five, in the baby blue. But um, yeah, that, that's what I got. Thank you. Thank you. It's just interesting to me that that word. What are the alternatives? Um, you know, some things are becoming very clear to me today. The way you you said that uh, uh, we turned. You know, are we going to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God? Or are we going to turn our will and our lives over to the care of drugs? Uh, I think that really summarizes a lot of things. But but that whole thing about what are all the alternatives? Um, here's the thing: NA doesn't uh, take a stance on whether or not our, there are alternatives. But what what we do know is if there are alternatives, they're outside the program. This this, this program was designed for for people who who. Uh, either wanted total abstinence or, or for whom all else had failed. Uh, medicine, did uh, religion, and psychiatry, Dale did not help us at all. Medicine, religion, and psychiatry seemed to have no answers for us that we could use. Um, if, 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 the, if the alternatives are what you look, and it's not a, hey, get the hell out type of statement. It's not. It's just that if the alternatives are what you were, are looking for, um, they're not probably not to be found here. Uh, in, in this program, because this program was designed uh, for people for whom there were no other alternatives or, or for people who did not want to turn their will and their lives over to the care of, of drugs. Anybody else here? If not, uh, we're going to start next weekend, uh, question 16, because it, we've been going for a little, little over an hour right now, okay? So, uh, you know, we like to try to keep it at that R frame, okay? Uh, but I want to thank everyone who participated today, and uh, it's encouragement uh, that people are willing to talk about these issues today in a, in a, in a sense where... It's, we're willing to bring it into the open and uh, deal with the issues, you know, and, uh, that, that have overwhelmed our fellowship at times. So I want to thank everyone for that. And we can close in the third step prayer, okay? Everyone know the third step prayer? Don't want to start us off? <laughs> 
many of us are sad. Take my will and my life. I'm in recovery. Show me how to do Thank you. I'll thank everybody, okay? Right. Good thank discussion, you. and welcome Dan Dan from North Carolina on this, this first time. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, everybody. Welcome, Dan. Glad, good to have you here. Welcome, Dan. Welcome, Dan. So. 